On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan look at Brown's OTAs that started this week. They start things off by describing what the OTAs are and what to watch out for in order to not buy into the hype. Then they took a look at the Browns specifically, looking into storylines going in, position battles, and finally, who to look out for before they jump into a Friday draft of the NFL's worst preseason storylines. And you'll hear it all right here on Mistake by the Take. One, two, Episode 7 with Mistake by the Take again. Jake was making fun of me earlier because I did say episode 6. It's kind of just flowing. It's getting to that point where it's starting to flow all together. Yeah, yeah. It all combines into one, basically, at this point. But, you know, you could check the Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. It's all right. Um... How how are you doing? How about that? I'll be I'll be nice though and take the high road. Wow, uh, how, a, how you doing? What a good guy! I'm doing pretty good today. I uh, how how was trivia last night? How about, how about yeah, that? I did. I played a little trivia. Actually, we came a second twice, which which actually That's, wins a surprise. Top two wins a prize. What so, was uh, the what was the trivia on? Uh, first one was just general trivia. Second one we played a visual trivia, movie posters, and oh. that is not my specialty, but no. somebody on my team's specialty. So, well, there you go. Yeah, huh. Interesting. I'm not really a trivia guy, so I didn't think I was either until I played. Actually, there you go. And yeah. uh, me and me and some friends started playing, and that's uh, when you get the weekly when, tradition, right? Well, when the rewards are flowing, you know, and you got it. If there's stakes in it, I'm I'm playing. But you know, if it's just like, hey, let's just do trivia for nothing, like why would I? It, it's actually a classic. It's uh, all we win is a gift card to the restaurant that we're playing at. Oh, it's okay. Ten dollars so for just... second and fifteen for first, and we just spend, spend it on it, an appetizer yeah. for the table. Okay. When we come back, there you go. Yeah. So just you know, repetitive, just a, a cycle of madness. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's a really good business model if you think about I mean, it. I mean, yeah, it's a good business model. Don't get me wrong on that one. They but, give you yeah. a prize to come back. Oh well, yeah. That's, there you go. Unless you suck at trivia. So. I, well, yeah, I guess. That's well, the only bad thing. Joke's on you then. Stop coming. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great start to the episode. Yeah, there we go. Great start. We never really like indulge in our personal lives there. You know, we got to get personal with these with our fans, you know? Hey, right? You know, right? you know got to let them know what we're okay. doing. Yeah, close enough. All right. So today, we talked about guards on... We're filming this on Wednesday, actually. Which is ironic because our episode six is dropping today. Um, go give that a listen. Talking about the guards, kind of just ranted on that one. Good to get it off the chest. Um, but today we're going to switch it up. Uh, important stuff with the Browns going right now with OTA starting. Um, there are so many things that go along the lines of OTAs and the connection that it has with the media. So we wanted to kind of just take a deep dive into it, you know, go over like what are OTAs, um, storylines that you're going to probably see popping up a little bit, um, who to look out for during this time period, and then also kind of just going over then like why you shouldn't buy into most of the hype that gets projected on social media with all this stuff. But um, the the I think the end is going to be really fun too because our uh, obviously every Friday is – the Friday draft. Yes. And we picked a good one today. It is the worst NFL storylines ever. It's not Cleveland. It's not just Cleveland. Obviously, there are, there are a couple on my list that are Clevelands that were <laughs> that are pretty funny. Yeah, plenty of those around, don't worry. Plenty. But um yeah, 
We're, we're, we're going to have a good one today, I think. Yeah. It'll, oh, be, it'll be fun. When don't we have a good one? Come right. on. Right. Um, we obviously. at least enjoy it. And right. Um, okay. To kind of start it off, obviously, what is an OTA? Uh, general definition of it, OTA stands for Organized Team Activities. Nothing really special. It is, first thing, not mandatory. Um, we've seen so many guys skip out on it. Uh Usually it's because of a contract dispute. Um, I know, did Lamar participate last year? Uh, I'm not sure if he did or not. I mean, I know so many guys have sat out. I don't, I don't know about Lamar off the top of my head, but... I don't know why. I just took a random shot at a, you know, yeah. in-division kind of guy. It's just who, when you're tr- struggling with a contract, you don't have to come. It's kind of like your message of... Saying like, hey, I want a new contract. Right, it's, it's a yeah. message to send. These are not mandatory, but at the same time, if you're not going through a contract dispute... They're mandatory. Be, yeah. Like, they're basically it's, mandatory. It's basically when you're, you know, in high school, and your high school coach goes, yeah, like, you know, it's a mandatory, yeah. it's not a mandatory practice. It's an optional but like, practice. Yeah, it's optional practice, but it's, in reality, it's, the whole team is there, you want to get better, just go to it. The only outlier that's not a mandatory, like, didn't show up because it of, like, not a contract dispute that I can think of off the top of my head, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like... It, yeah. Well, he just pretty much didn't show up because he was, like... Like, off the rails. Yeah. Like, I I mean, good for him, I guess. Uh, they, they were just, like, in a dispute, like, yeah. in general, right? Yeah, it was I mean, just more of just, like, I don't know if he even wanted to be there. That was the kind of thing. Yeah. But, um... Fun fact, Aaron Rodgers is at OTAs. He did do something to his uh, calf, but that's the thing. We're going to talk about that in a little bit um, because we there's he's something with this calf, but we don't really know what's going on with it. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the OTAs. Basically, you know, it's non-line, li- non-live contact. Wow, I cannot speak today. Um, but you could still do seven on sevens, nine on nines, and eleven on elevens. Mainly just going over drills, studying the playbook, kind of thing. You get ten days um, that are allocated to OTAs. There's there's a big word that we were talking about. We were talking about how we like we suck at giving out big words, and like we hope that it works in that sentence that we use it. And there we go, allocate. Mm. There we go. Actually, a uh, fun fact. I mean, before we get too deep in, I have a. A childhood friend who actually listens to the podcast. Oh, there you go. Out, um, who every time I would use a big word, he'd smack me in the back of the head because he didn't know it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully it's not one of the guys that we went to the Guardians game. It with was not. Time. It was okay, not, okay, no. good, good, good. So then I won't get smacked in the head for that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, it's nothing too major, but there's a lot of things that you can look at in the OTAs during this time, and I don't know. I think. There's a lot, but then there's also kind of like, all right, let's. It is OTAs kind of thing, you know. You got to find a healthy balance, kind of. Yeah, and it's it's a struggle to find that balance. I feel like because there's so many storylines that are going to come out of it, and there's going to be hype on guys. There's going to be the struggles on guys. You just you're basically going to have to ignore every storyline you hear. Yes, which is hard because you also can't watch the OTA yourself. Right. So, and the thing is, like, we kind of wanted to do this episode to be, like, a media guide for OTAs. And then, not just OTAs, but just training camp in general, too. Because, I mean, there it's an important time because you want to see who's going to take the next step and stuff like that. Who's going to be the diamond in the rough? And you may think, like, oh, it's this undrafted free agent out of nowhere kind of thing. But in reality, it's just he had one amazing catch against 
a, uh, a nobody yeah. DB, and then everyone just goes ballistic on social media about yeah. it. AKA Anthony Kendall from Baldwin Wallace, who's yeah. currently at the Browns. The only I, thing I think he's at OTS. I, the only thing about like Anthony Kendall is just because he's going to get a lot of hype, mainly just because he's from like from Berea, Ohio. Uh, that wasn't even a shot at him. I'm just saying yeah. like that's like you know nobody's going to know him going in. Like, right. I don't mean that as a shot to Anthony Kendall. Like shout right. out D three to good good NFL for him. Yeah. Good for him because he. I mean you don't ever really see D three guys going into the league and making an impact. So I mean right. hey, first step good for, for him. For the sake of the story, I hope he pans yeah. out. But. Yeah, me too. But yeah, but that's a, it's another thing where it's just like there's going to be guys that are going to blow up for no reason. You just off, kind of be literally like, off like one clip, like. right? So I think we're going to kind of should we just go skip to don't buy into the hypes part? Yeah, we'll just talk about like what what to look out for in that sense, and then we're going to go into the Browns kind of topics and stuff. So we wanted to talk about the hype in general that's going to happen. During this time, there the number one thing that you're going to see is just videos on videos on videos of just people doing. It could be even just catching a ball, just something simple as that, and it's going to blow up on social media, and everyone's going to get buzz on it. I've already seen the one that I'm starting to see a lot was um, clip from uh, Kansas City wide receiver Rasheed Rice. He just got drafted in second round. Wasn't a fan of him much coming out of college this in this draft, but he goes in the second round, and people are starting to just blow up because he caught a pass, and he's in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. That's You're going to see that a lot right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been you know dabbling on Twitter, seen plenty of OTA videos already, and one of the ones Browns-centric that I've seen is like a – it's just Deshaun Watson literally throwing like a slant route yes. to Elijah Moore, and that, like the hype on it was already like not Blowing media up. hype, but like just Twitter hype was just like, oh, this is going to be a do-. like guys, they're running routes against nobody, right? Like it was literally, literally it was just a, a drill, like it it's was just, just Deshaun warm-up. throwing a ball. Yeah, like everybody calm down, right? Like he should be able to do that. He should be able to throw. Elijah Moore should be able to run a slant route against no defender and catch a football, right? And the other video that I saw too that was bubbling a little bit it's our guy Cedric Tillman he got a video out there and actually you know what was funny it was on uh, a guy on he does I think fantasy football I forget the username but he tweeted it out and he said like show this to your friend that has Elijah Moore so then you can trade for him for trade for Elijah Moore but I thought that was kind of funny um but when you when it comes to the videos I want to go after this you have to take a lot of it with context because the thing is like that's the thing like the video that you were talking about with Elijah Moore I saw it too it, it was a simple thing the basic what you could take out of that is okay they're starting to build chemistry that's about it though in my opinion there's nothing really you can basically take that Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore showed up for camp and he is throwing a football team. like yeah they're throwing and catching footballs what they do as their entire job. Right. So And we're not gonna like discredit it or say anything like, oh, you know, like it's like that's garbage, like don't take anything with right. it. Like or, there's there's no negative to put right. against it either. It's just like it's it's practice, guys. Right. Come on. It's it's gonna be it's it I mean, good thing out of it is yes, they are going to build up a chemistry kind of link there. And that's what you want to get out of it. But it's not going to be like, okay, oh my gosh, Elijah Moore is going to go for like 90 catches this year and just be like over a thousand yards. Like, hold the brakes on that one. All right. Just like chill out. 
Um, there's going to be worse too. By the way, there's like, going to be so much worse. It, it, there's going to be somebody's going to make some insane catch like one-handed over a defender, like in just non-contact drills, right? And somebody's going to go nuts, and this will start even more when you know, like mini camp and practice starts up. Just and it goes for those too because the hype starts there as well, right? But like, just pump the brakes when you see like one catch does not tell equate, you what a guy's right? doing all day in practice. Yeah, it does not equate to you know. That he's gonna just like blow up this year. Um, another thing that is gonna talk is gonna be on Twitter. A lot of people. It's a great platform, and in the sense of getting out like sports news and stuff like that. If you have an article, you know, pushing it out there, getting it to fans helps a ton. But what you're gonna see is some of these beat writers are gonna go out there and say like, okay, take a look at so and so or X player because you know X player did this or that. You're going to have to take with a grain of salt in the sense of, are they actually a relevant piece to this team, you know? Because the thing is, like, say some random undrafted wide receiver. I know I'm picking on, like, the undrafted guys, but it's true in this sense. If you say he he he's mentioned in the article and it says, oh, yeah, look out for so-and-so. Made an outstanding catch. Undrafted free agent out of... I don't know where, you know. That's another thing where you got to look out for and just be like, all right, be careful in that sense because where what is your wide receiving room stand at? And it just I don't I don't think it's making much sense of you're taking so like you're just it, you're going after a narrative that should not be built in the first place. It's more of just giving a guy credit for making a solid catch. And making some noise. The five eleven guy out of Bowling Green is probably right. not going to make the roster. Let's I was thinking of, I was trying to think of like a Mac school or something like that. Couldn't really. I didn't want to take a shot at Kent State, but you know, I mean, you're, you're take Green your shots. I mean, the the guys from the Mac. I mean, you know, few and far between the ones that succeed in the NFL. Right. And it, it's just the reality of it, right? Not a Power Five, but it, it doesn't have to be a Mac. It could literally be from anywhere. The undrafted guys typically are not going to make your roster. Like you're talking maybe one or two that really show out. Yes. The only one that I can really think of last year that was kind of like, oh my God, like he came out of nowhere was for the running back position, Isaiah Pacheco, but he was a seventh rounder. Right. He was drafted. Yes. It, and not to say there aren't undrafted running backs. I mean, um, Austin Austin Eckers Austin Eckers undrafted yeah yeah I mean James, James Robinson, Robinson was undrafted. was another one yeah so there is there is certain things that you have to look out for now in the case of like a James Robinson here's the thing about that one there was nobody in that running back room he right. he took it easily I forget who their starter was at the time but like I remember like people were like okay this one kind of makes the most sense but like for a guy like us where if there say it was like I, I'm gonna stop dogging on the wide receiver room. I don't know why we, we kept saying that. I'll go to like an edge, you know. Say like there is an undrafted free agent edge that we had. And he comes in, starts to make some noise. People are like, oh, you know, undrafted free agent, kind of making some rumbles. The thing is, like, you have so many guys already in that room, he's not going to have an impact at all. Even if he does make the roster. Right. right. He may not even make the roster at that point. Yeah, but like, even if he does, it's probably... It's going to be a very... Just bench, probably not going to see time on the field. Right. So you're going to have to take in consideration, all right, what position group are they talking about? And do we have depth at that spot? The only one that I can really say is maybe the linebacker position. 
for the Browns that I would be like, okay, if there's some rumble, maybe just because it's, you know, Anthony Walker, we're going to touch on him in a little bit, but like coming off an injury in that sense, maybe could have a bench guy just in case anything happens, making some rumbles. Yeah, the only other spot I could really think of is like a safety. Yeah. Just because there were a couple of guys that names were thrown into the hat that aren't so bad that went undrafted. Right. We went ahead and signed. That's really the only other spot I could think of where if I hear any undrafted rumblings, I'd be like, okay, maybe this guy makes a roster. Does he make an impact? You know, maybe. Right. That's So those are kind of the, the element. Those are the positions I would probably look at of like, all right, if you see something, doesn't hurt to like give it a look there. But I mean, if you see a, a wide receiver or like a, a, a random quarterback just kind of like blowing up and saying like, oh, like he's impressing everyone and stuff like pump the brakes. So that, that I it, do, it doesn't mean nothing, but it most likely means it means nothing. most likely means nothing. 90 percent of these cases will turn into nothing. Fun fact. I did a little bit of a study two years ago um, of just kind of like. It, it uh, again. This is not any like scientific research, anything, nothing approved by a, all. It's more of just a bonehead college kid doing math who's a comm major. So take that, keep that in mind. Um, I ended up looking at over a hundred guys that received some type of hype in on Twitter, in an article or a video or another player mentioning them, and I put them on a list. And basically, I just said, like, all right, did they warrant the hype? Did they have an impact in the year? And I think it was, I believe the exact number was 87% didn't. That kind of just equates, it shows you, like, that it doesn't really, really it's, just, it's not there. It's just hype. It's literally it's media hype. just trying to generate hype out of a dead period. And get clicks like, out of them, yeah. OTAs are like one of the most boring periods in all of sports. Like, let's be realistic. The only other thing happening is baseball right now. And basketball is, it, you know, you got the finals going on right now. But the thing is, like, it is probably one of the most boring finals. I know I don't want to take a shot at that. But, like, I mean, Jimmy Butler making rumbles and stuff like that. But still, it's. I mean, let's be just. You can even look at, like, beat writers, like local beat writers. Like, Cleveland.com is not going to write about the NBA finals right now. Right. Not a shot at Cleveland.com. That's obviously just not their scope, and this won't be a shot at them either, just using them as a news source and example that's local. Right. If you're covering football, like Mary Kay Cabot writes just about the Browns pretty much. Mm-hmm. She has to cover OTAs. She yeah. has to put out a story. Yeah. So she's going to write something. Right. And chances are it's going to be hyping up somebody in OTAs, and whether that person pans out or not, you know, whatever, that's literally her job to put out a story right now and – she does it well. Yeah. But will it actually pan out? You know, probably not. She just put out a story like 30 minutes before we started recording on who to watch in OTAs. Granted, her list was, you know, pretty generic. I think it was like right. Zarius Smith, uh, Elijah Moore, and Juan Thornhill. But. We, we, I mean, we got some names too, but like it kind of the – it's the same of like, all right, who are the guys that you should actually be paying attention to during this time? Right. Um, The last thing – I made a little comment on it and I said training camp heroes. That's basically what we're talking about. It's just guys that are going to do well in training camp, but it doesn't show on the, the when the real lights are on on Sundays. We're but, talking about Rudy players right now. <laughs> the Rudy players. 
players. Your practice heroes. Absolute menaces on the practice field. Hey, Rudy was a good movie, okay? Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't Hot seen take. I, Honestly, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, my god. We watched it in gym class one time, and I, like, fell asleep. Yeah, it was it was a weird gym, gym class at my high school. was kind of weird. Wow. All right. Well, that's it. Jake and Dylan going to be watching Rudy here soon because a must-see movie. I, I don't even like it that much, but you just, like, that's such a classic sports movie. No, it is. You have it's to watch it. It's kind of like the equivalent to, um, uh, it's a good one, a classic one. I'm trying to think of one. I don't know. Who cares? Like a sports movie? No, just like just a, just a regular. Okay. Um, oh, Goodwill Hunting. That's yeah, there you yeah. Go. There, there like something you got to see, right? Right, like, right. It's just you got to be there. So <laughs> now I'm like getting off track and trying to figure out what I was going to say. That's right. That's our specialty. Um. Oh, let the, here it is. I think the last thing that we want to talk about when we're when we're going over don't buying in the hype. Um, snaps, snap counts. That is going to be the huge one. You won't see it as much in OTAs. And you probably won't see it too much with the Browns right now because there isn't really too many. We were kind of going over, like, you know, what are some of the position battles that we could potentially see. There's not going to be that many with the Browns. But in general, looking at it, I know because we have guys that, or guys and girls, that watch us, like, listen to us, and they could be playing fantasy football. And you're probably going to look at it because I know I'm going through it right now. The snap counts, they have some materialize like not materialize I'm trying to think of a word for that one see the words just, they're struggling <laughs> they're just yeah the words aren't there it, it has like a little bit of you know oomph to it it's yeah. got it's oomph. got a there little material a yeah yeah there's just, got some material to the snap counts I think you'll probably see it if a guy the only way that I think it will be an impact is like maybe like the linebacker room if all of a sudden someone makes a rumble and they start taking some more snaps than usual. That's the only one that I would really kind of look out for. I think the other one is kind of maybe the edge room, just because I want to see how they're all just going to use. You got three starting caliber edges, so I just got in, in the and sense one of, you drafted, right? So I just I I think that's going to be interesting to watch for at least, and could have some implications. But other than that, I mean, like, if, if you see one day where Dorian Thompson-Robinson takes more snaps than Deshaun Watson, like... like it's, it's OTAs. You're right. developing your rookies. This, this is a prime time to develop your rookies and guys who are just coming in, get them fitted in culture-wise, get to know their teammates, just really, you know, run that kind of thing up. Right. So, it, it, again, snap counts. Don't really buy into that hype. Um, the other one, obviously, being the videos, the articles. Just don't buy into it. Okay? Take it with a grain of salt. So, we just went over OTAs and the hype itself. But there are some interesting storylines that we do want to discuss heading into this time period. Um, The first one, probably the most important one, how's Deshaun Watson? Um kind of you know coming off the suspension not the best of looks after he he we'll just be flat honest with you didn't look that good no he didn't he was also you know he's two years off of football right so and and it was kind of expected but here's the thing now he's gotten a couple games back under his belt He's worked all off season. I know there was the video of him dancing and stuff like that. Kind of yeah, funny. People were uh, people were blowing up about that too. He was in 
Puerto Rico, I think. And I think he took I think he took the whole team out though. Yeah. Like all, the yeah. whole offense. And they were training out there. So it's like, all right, relax, people. Um But the storyline is how is he looking? Does he look good? Is he throwing the ball well? Just simply can he be good? Like we just need because this is if he doesn't pan out. I mean, it literally all starts with Deshaun. Yeah, Yeah. it all starts with Deshaun. Like, if he's not good, this team's, you know, down the crapper. Like, right, and it's down. Like, it's it's out for the count. This could be potentially, if he doesn't pan out, one of the worst trades ever. Uh, I'd be willing to say the worst trade ever. Yeah, and that's not even like Cleveland by like his contract is fully guaranteed. Right. Like we are talking hundreds of millions of dollars for absolutely nothing. Yeah, and you know. Bad social backlash as well. Right. And the thing is, again, we're going to, it's going to be kind of hard to get a read on how he's going to, like, if OTAs is how he's going to play in the season. Of course. It's going to be really tough to see that. But overall, you just want to kind of see, you know, is he completing passes with the wide receivers? Is he building up the chemistry? Because now you got guys like Elijah Moore coming in. You have rookie Cedric Tillman. I don't know if he's going to have much of an impact this year, but you also have guys like TPJ, where it's just like, you know he's going to have the chemistry with Amari Cooper most likely. But the other one that you got to, you got, it's it's only one guy, you know? And Elijah Moore coming in, new guy. You hope that he builds up that chemistry. That's one thing that you're going to probably look for. Um, And then also, too, how is he going to, go kind of with the more pass-heavy system in that sense. And just a new system in general coming from the Texans. Yeah, and the only other... The one thing I'll say is I'd be more concerned if bad media about Deshaun on the field started coming out than good media. Yeah. The good media is probably not going to flow again. Like, these guys aren't going to be making crazy passes, really, in training camp OTAs. Like, for the most part, it's going to be pretty general stuff. Yeah. So... If you don't see good media, I wouldn't be flipping out. If you start to see bad media, then, you know, I wouldn't hit the panic button, but I would be a little uh, a little concerned going forward if it starts coming out that he doesn't look very accurate and things of like that nature. Right. That's So that's one of the main storylines that we're going to talk about that not, is going to be talked about during this time. The second one is pretty interesting because this isn't really a – you know, like, how are they going to do this season? It's more of if he's going to do something this season. Um, Perion Winfrey was at OTAs, which yeah, he I showed up. I was kind of shocked by this one. Um, if you don't know, Perion Winfrey, he was arrested um, on misdemeanor, misdemeanor charges. Uh, misdemeanor assault charges, my bad. Yeah, he basically, it was in a... An assault charge on a girl that he was dating who he's no longer dating. Um, again, a misdemeanor. We'll see. I think it's still like kind of up in the air on what the official penalty against him is going to be. And we'll see if the Browns following that penalty decide to retain it and if the NFL has any any backlash or suspension for him. So Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, I was – it's not much of a storyline in the sense of – Right. Like, like what's gonna happen time. on the yeah. field? It's just like it's like what's oh, gonna he's happen? Here. Yeah, yeah, like oh, because I, to be honest with you, I didn't expect him to show up. I, I kind of forgot about the whole thing altogether. So when I saw that 
he had reported to OTAs, I was like, oh, oh. like that's still happening. Like, yeah. That's something to look like. Perry Hall Winfrey was forgotten in my mind. Like, I was pretty much under the assumption that the Browns were, you know, it, it, every time one of those stories comes out, I expect the guy to go kaput, like, out. Like, that's just the right. world we're currently living in. Well, and the, the thing is, too, then you go out and draft Siaka Iki, too. Right. Which you most likely think that he's going to fill up that role eventually in at that the defensive tackle defensive tackle two spot but it kind of does have some implications in the sense of we haven't filled out that defensive two spot yet and Perion was kind of I don't want to call him like he was that guy last year in terms of the defensive tackle two we but didn't really got, have any though that's the right. problem so but, but he got time he got he got a decent amount of snaps like and he didn't look that great doing it but you know he's a guy who's played in this defense already and there's just not a big name that came in to fill it past of course Dalvin Tomlinson that's an obvious one he's going to be there but in terms of guys left like you got Jordan Elliott yeah like he's near the top of the depth chart yeah and to kind of go off some of the stats that he had last year played in 13 games uh eight tackles 14 assisted tackles which means total of 22 um half a sack nothing again that would blow up the stat line but it does have some implications because we don't know where that is because one of the things is like i mean tiaka Iki, you draft him right but people are kind of saying like he might not be able to go and play year one like he needs time to develop yeah i'm one of those guys i don't know I'm, not I'm in the same boat. I, I'm not saying he can't play year one, but from what I've seen, he's raw. Like, right. He didn't look like a finished product to me. Obviously, again, a guy that's just drafted, none of them are finished products. Right. But him so more than other just looked like he looked like a project. It's a, it's there's a lot of potential with them. Yeah. So it, rushing him out onto the field wouldn't make complete sense. So it's kind of like, all right, well, what do you have left? You know, you have Jordan Elliott. Do you trust him to be that other guy? Next to Tom, Dalvin Tomlinson, not to, like you need D tackle depth. Like these guys right. aren't playing every snap. Like you have to have at least three or four that are in rotation. Right. Well, and you and you run a four three. Yeah, so Jim he, Schwartz is coming in with a four three, so you do need at least two will be on the field most times. Yeah. So like if if it was a three four, it makes a little bit more sense because then you got this, you got guys on the three tech and stuff like that. But no, I mean it, I I think that that's going to be interesting in the sense of one. What's going to happen with them? And two, then how is that going to pan out? We're going to talk about position battles in a little bit. I know I said earlier we didn't really have that many, but like there are some things that should be talked about a little bit. But before we do that, the other one that I kind of want to talk about, we've touched on it before, Jim Schwartz, new defense coming in. How is this going to have implications on the defense itself? And this is going to be the first time – that we're really going to kind of see, okay, who's slotted up where? And where where are we going to see people kind of moving on that defense? Yeah, I mean, you're going to see, again, it's a 4-3, so 2D tackles, 2D ends on the field pretty much all times. And then linebackers. The, the thing I'm most excited about for this defense, again, Jim Schwartz, we've said it what feels like a million times, at least between the two of us, it, he's not going to blitz. It's He's one of the lowest blitz percentage guys in the league. So you're going to have a lot of reliance on pressure created by your front four and your corners and secondary in general to have good coverage down the field. Yeah, I I agree. That is like, and it sounds stupid because you're like, oh, that's like both of those guys' job, right? But like, 
That is, it's more of an emphasis it's on emphasized that. in this defense. Like those are the two main points. So the one thing I think you're going to see a lot is a, guy, a lot of guys rotating in this defense, both on the defensive line, just by nature. Those are your bigger guys that are in and out all the time. But in the secondary too, the guys are going to swap around a lot. I think you're going to see safety switching between snaps, corners in and out a lot more than you have in years past. Right. No, I agree, and that's a. I think that's one of the things that we talked about too. Is like we. We need a little bit more depth on defense in a lot of key positions, especially, too. And now if you're going to run that front, and it's going to be a lot more reliant on that front four to get it done and get to the quarterback and just stop the run, yeah, you're, you're going to have to have a little bit more depth there. And it's great that we have now three starting caliber edges, but other than that, I mean, like you got to worry about the interior as well, too. But it'll be interesting to kind of see where – that all kind of sorts out and how just getting a new look at the defense and this is kind of be this is going to be our first kind of look at it and see where guys are kind of lined up and how he figures all that out so I'm, it'll be interesting to see but the other one rookies you don't have the typical first second rounders that are most likely going to be making an impact day one that usually with the Browns, you tend to see that, obviously. Not really this year because you have two third-round picks now. Um, you know, a couple, couple of the guys that will probably make some rumbles that you'll hear about that will maybe have an impact this year, I think would be Tillman potentially. Yeah, I, I don't know about impact-wise, but that is a wide receiver in that wide receiving core. Um, you're probably going to hear some things about Ika, in the sense of because you're going to have more rotation. Um, McGuire, I would say, too. Yeah, edge from I Missouri. imagine he at least rotates in and out, especially during training camp and practices. And Yeah. It, again, he's a guy with a lot of athletic ability, so right. these are his times where he kind of pops off and gains some attention. Well, and that's the thing, too. We've, talk, we've touched on it a little bit in episodes past. Jim Schwartz, one thing that nobody really talks about he runs a weird like nine tech sometimes, and you have to have an athletic guy that will come off the edge for that to really work. Because I mean, he's totally lined up like outside of the tight end in that sense. So it, it, McGuire is going to be a guy where he's going to make some rumbles just because he could potentially fill that role. You know, good bend, good speed. So I mean, yeah, I think he. It, it's going to be something to hear about with him. Yeah, if you're telling me one edge on this team right now to fill that nine tech spot, it's it's him. Yeah, I, I mean you could say Miles Garrett, but like he doesn't. I don't think he, he's really like a, a speed guy per se. Miles is going to be drawing double teams. The last thing I think you need out of him is to start farther away from the quarterback. Right. It makes no sense. So I I like could he fill it based on just like pure ability? I think so. Yeah, of course. Right. I think he's, he's one of the best DNs in the league. Right. But in terms of guy who like really fits that slot in terms of what's going to happen and you know Miles going to be double team stuff like that, I think McGuire's your guy out there. Yeah, and the rest are kind of just if you look at it more of how are they going to develop in you know their first year. I don't really think there's anyone else that it's going to be kind of thinking like oh you might like see him a little bit on the field this year because you know Dewan. It, there, it, there's already I, I so would, much depth. Yeah, that's the only thing I would say is uh, watch for the Dewan hype. Yeah, just because, don't, again, don't fall for that one. Yeah, he's athletic. He's huge. He's probably gonna, you know, 
I already saw some clips of him starting to struggle a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, which I'm not, like, taking a shot at him saying, like, he's a bust or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I, I honestly, I mean, that was going to kind of happen. Yeah, he, he's going to struggle or he's going to do something incredible that's going to blow up. It, it's one or the other that's going to happen, but again, he's not expected to play this year. And no. He shouldn't, you shouldn't be expecting him to play if you're listening to this. Like, it's not going to happen unless there's an injury. That's the only thing I could see is maybe an injury, and pray to God that that doesn't happen. Don't want anything to happen with our guys. Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on all of our socials. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. But other than that, I mean, no one else really on the rookie sense of where, you know, if they're going to start this year. But the last one that we wanted to look at for storylines this offseason is the position battles. Um, Like we said, not that many that are going to be, like, huge. You know, it's not going to be, like, a quarterback battle that you kind of see starting to rumble with other teams. You know, you got that solidified. But there are a couple of ones that will have some implications on the air. And I kind of wanted to start out with how the wide receiver depth chart is going to pan out. We talked about it before in the last episode with the Browns. Okay, like, what's going to happen? But that's a big storyline coming into this OTA time period. Who's going to really show out? And who's going to be those guys that stay on the roster in that sense? Yeah, I think you're going to see, again, we talked about it in the last episode, so not going to, like, deep dive as much as we did there. But you're probably going to carry, I mean, five, six wide receivers here. That's basically what you're looking at. Five to seven range. Yeah. That's my guess. In I, You got some sure-ups there, right? Like Elijah right. Moore's making it. Amari Cooper's Cooper. making it. DPJ. DPJ's making it. Cedric Tillman's Tillman. making it. You got four solidified guys those there. Guys, those guys are locks in. You're not... Goodwin most likely a lock, too. I, I would say so. You go out and sign him. He's a vet. That's yeah. pretty much a guarantee. And then there's just a whole list of guys. I mean... You got it's the battle between young and old. Like, yeah, Jakeem Grant's there, proven commodity, good returner, a decent coming wide off receiver. of an injury too. That's yeah. the problem. He's off an Achilles injury, and then you know you got guys like Jalen Darden just kind of taking a flyer on him. Yeah, it's sign him from the Bucks. It, it's tough to tell right now. Again, so early. This is just going to be something that it's a battle you're going to see. Right? Like, yeah, this is going to happen. The end of that roster spot, how much an impact they make, who knows? But it's going to be a battle for who has that last spot. There's an influx of wide receivers currently on the team, and there won't be that same influx by the time roster cuts come around. Right, and that's the thing too. You're gonna it's some of the stuff that you'll see like coming out of articles. I would say is more of like where's everyone lining up? You know, right. oh, is Elijah Moore? You know, is he playing out wide or is he in the slot? Most likely, you're going to see that Elijah Moore's in the slot. I mean, that's kind of the the other one. Though The only interesting one that I could say from like a starting perspective would be who is want, uh, lining up out wide. Most likely going to be DPJ with the ones. Um, I don't think it'll be Tillman right away. Um, I don't think so either. David Bell is a guy where he was, again, slot guy. Don't really see anything with him. 
And uh, especially I, again, if, we talked about this before. I'm not surprised if David Bell's cut this year. Right. And especially, too, if, if Elijah Moore comes in and plays the slot, like, he's gone automatically because it's two different you got to have some speed and you know Elijah Moore would be the guy that is your speed guy and takes the top off the defense so I think that the wide receiver room it's not a again nothing's going to be huge in a position battle but that's one to keep note of and at least keep track of like where's everyone kind of fitting on not not like snap counts but just like where are they at on the field yeah like where they line up yep so the other one on the on the offensive side is the RB two position. It, most likely going to be a lock here. It, yeah, nothing. I, I don't even think this is much of a conversation. It's this not feels like Ford. Yeah, it's going to be Ford most likely. The only reason why I wanted to include it is just because if there is a signing that does happen at some point, because then it does become a true battle. Because if it, I mean like a veteran that's been in the league, if he does come in here. Yeah, maybe maybe it could be something, you know. But I yeah. mean, if 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 Dearness Johnson was still here, I think it would be it would oh, be I a would, huge battle. It would be a battle without a doubt. Like it would be the number one battle. I would probably put Dearness in that RB two spot right, right now, like because you don't know with Ford. But yeah, the thing is, like, you have no one right now. Yeah, it's it's literally a one man show right now without a signing. There should be no reason Jerome Ford is not your RB2 this year. I would take a look at Hassan Hall. The Is it Hassan? Right? Hassan Hall, yeah. Yeah, he's the running back from Georgia Tech. Because you just need more depth there. So I, I'd be interested to see if he carves out a role through this. Um, that's going to be that, – that's another storyline I'd look at too. Don't forget you're also sense. probably rostering Demetric Felton, I would imagine. Right. Who you would assume – Running back, wide receiver hybrid, but I think technically in the depth chart they kind of slot him into that running back spot. So right, but then like who would you, I don't know if like Chubb goes down, you have Ford as your one. Who's your RB two then? Right, you're, you're, I mean I don't know if Felton. I trust Felton to be the two. Right, that or you keep Hassan Hall on the roster, or given an injury, you just go out and sign somebody. Right, right? so the, something something to keep note of. Um. A true one that I think is kind of a battle is the the second tight end. Um, again, we're you know it's it's funny like talking about how like there's a battle for the second tight end position and stuff like that. But I mean it, it is true in the sense of we do utilize two tight ends a lot in this offense, and that's between Jordan Atkins and who just recently signed from the Texans, and then um, Harrison Bryant. For obviously Brown's been with us for a while now. Um, I think it 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 warrants being talked about. Yeah, and listen, when we're arguing about tight end twos, you know you're in a good spot on yes, the roster, correct. right? Like this is this is a good spot to be in. But I do again, I agree with you. A lot of two tight end sets in the past, so the tight end two spot's not one that you can just like brush away and you're like, right? Oh, what does it matter? No, like it kind of matters. It's gonna be ha- there's gonna be some implications. And these guys are like, I don't want to call them polar opposites, but kind of. Like, yeah, like Aikens is a blocker. Mm-hmm. Like just straight up a behemoth of a body that you could put in there. He catches the ball pretty well, and he's a guy that later, well later into his career now, and you know he's on the a back veteran end. Pre- presence. Yeah. And Brian, I mean, couple year vet. He's got a he's had a case of the drops in the past, but he's he's a pass catcher, right? Like the last thing I want to see is Harrison Bryant trying to block. Like it, that's not a pretty sight. Well, the thing is too, like. 
I know I, I keep talking about injuries, but it, it's really important to say, like, to talk about them just because if someone goes down, like, do you trust Harrison Bryant to be your tight end one? Yeah, no. So like, straight up. That's I think that's where the signing comes into play. He's twenty five years old. Um the the signing of Jordan Atkins. Um yeah, I I'd assume since they brought him in, Atkins has an upper hand. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like since they do things so differently, you'll probably see honestly a mix of both of those guys in my opinion. I think they both probably make the roster. In clear passing situations, you're probably going to see Harrison Bryant on the field if they're going two tight ends. And if it's a clear run situation, you're probably not going to see Harrison Bryant on the field. You're going to see Jordan Akins. And that's just it's the way it's going to crumble. Like, I don't know. I, I don't love the position that we're in because, like, part of me, we've had Harrison Bryant, so you, you, know, you grow that connection a little bit. But also it's, like, you know, kind of an eyesore at times to watch right. him play. So I, I I think I agree with you. I think it's more Aiken's job. I think you'll see him more. In those but, two tight end sets. Yeah. But, Obviously, the one is going to be David Njoku. Right. Pretty solidified in that sense. But, I mean, Atkins, 37 receptions last year, just under 500 receiving yards. I mean, he's not a bad, also not a bad uh, red zone threat, too. Yeah, Five receiving guy. touchdowns, which was tied for seventh last year in the league. So it's not, it again, not terrible. 31 yeah. years old. It's. It, I assume that he's going to probably take over Harrison Bryant. I don't know how many, if they'll keep Harrison Bryant around then at that point. I mean, we have seen them keep three tight ends in the past when Hooper was here. Yeah. But overall, I think you're not going to see Harrison Bryant much this year. And it's not spot too. Like Bryant, basically a receiver, and but he can't. Him, yeah, if you put him in the receiver room, he's getting cut. Yeah, like there's no way around that. I mean, there's. I, I wouldn't even want to like have him be a wide receiver because I just don't think he's built like one. I mean, six five two thirty. All right, he would have to slim down for sure. Yeah, and, and not even slim down. It's just I don't know. It's it just would have fit. I don't know. I don't think. I all in all. I think that Atkins walks away with that one. But the last battle that we could kind of talk about, too, which we touched on, is the the interior defensive tackle in the second spot. I know we keep talking like, you know, the two or the three and stuff, but especially this one, this one's the huge one because tight ends, you know, not too much, but defensive tackle is a huge one because you're always going to have two on the field at most times. Yeah, and... Again, we kind of talked about early in the episode, there's there's kind of like a range of guys you can go here. Perrion Winfrey, assuming he's six on the team. Uh, Jordan Elliott still on the roster. Tommy Togiai as well still there. And Siaki Ika, who is also just the draft pick. So you got four guys. Again, I don't think Togiai is one that's I'm that worried about taking this spot. I think it pretty much it, it comes down to unless – Iggy really shows up, it's going to be Elliott or Perrion, and that's kind of a question mark all around right now. Yeah. Um, to kind of go off your room right now, you, you've hit on him. Dalvin Tomlinson, he's going to be your one. Uh, Perrion Winfrey. Tristan Hill is another guy. I saw a decent amount of snaps last year. Right. But, again, nothing too spectacular. Um, Perrion Winfrey, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiaya. Or Togiai. Yeah, Togiai. Um, 
those are the guys right now that, and obviously Siaka Iki, those are the, the the guys that are kind of in the room. It's in that sense, but I think it's really going to be a three man battle, and that's between Perrion Winfrey, Jordan Elliott, and Siaka Iki. And let me be, you're probably going to see all three this year. You're going to see all three this year. You're probably not going to see Ika that much this year. That just because he's a rookie, doesn't have that much experience. You'll, you'll see him a little bit. I think his role gets expanded, though, if Perron Winfrey does get in trouble. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, that then you, you, you have to play him at that point because, I mean, then he he's your fourth. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I don't want to blow it up either. He's a big guy. He looks like he could have some some impact made. Yeah, there's. Don't get me wrong. I think he will have. I I think he'll probably play just a decent amount this year, and like he'll have some impact. But I don't want to have him in a prominent role. I don't want to put that pressure on him year one. Yeah, like I don't think you lose anything if you kind of stay away from him and just let him develop. Be like right. You do like he's he's a guy with a lot of potential. Like, yeah. And if he really shows out in camp and stuff, then you probably do see him a lot, right? Right. Like if he really comes out and plays, but I don't know. I think I'm big on letting guys develop for a year. Yes. So I agree. If, if you're not fully ready, there's no point in you taking snaps where you know you're just not fully ingrained and don't know exactly what you're doing. Like it's only going to create more confusion. I'd rather just have you sit on the sideline and you know bust your tail in practice. I think what this basically means is just this is Jordan Elliott's final year of like, can you make an impact? Because we've tried to put him in this role so many times and it's just not really there in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm kind of there with you. Elliott's, he was a guy that I had a lot of a lot of hope for when he was drafted. Yeah, but he oh, just, me too. He just hasn't really shown it. Right. And Elliott, a Mizzo guy as yes, well. Yes, he is a, and, uh, from Missouri, drafted in the year of 2020. Third round, eighty-eight pick. I would have to look. Don't have this on hand at all, but there might be some overlap there with uh, with McGuire. McGuire drafted this year out of Mizzo. Depending on the age, yeah. I forget. I should know that too because I mean I watch this film and stuff. I mean, not that there's like you know, that, yeah, that's obviously. that big of a deal, but it, yeah, it's a little still, little comfort for both guys. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he's twenty-five. This, but yeah, this is going to be kind of like your prove it year, you know? Yeah, no, without a doubt. This, uh, like, what can you do for me right now? Right, because I mean, we did kind of throw him into that starting role a lot of times, and they just not really there. And that's why you go out and you get Dalvin Tomlinson, and like, you draft another guy. Yeah, this is if if you're not ready, if you're not producing this year, you're gone. Like, right? It's as simple as that. So we kind of just went over a bunch of guys to kind of like. I guess not really look out for, but just the storylines heading into it. Oh, and they did overlap. They did. Twenty nineteen, okay. redshirt junior for Elliot and freshman McGuire. Got it. And very interesting. Opposite ends of the spectrum on the number slate. Uh Elliot was number one, McGuire ninety nine. Oh, lovely. There you go. Interesting fact. Thanks. And might as well. I mean, had to had to look it up, get right. you something interesting, right? Okay. Um but now we kinda wanna transition into Specifically, who you should be paying attention to because you'll see a lot of names kind of pop out of nowhere. You know, I, like you said, random, like undrafted free agent making some buzz. 
probably not something that you're really going to take a deep dive look into. But there are a couple guys that you should probably just, if you hear something, take a look about it. And the first one, obviously, Deshaun Watson. We're not going to spend too much time on it uh, just because it's... Guys, it's Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun like, Watson. We know we're looking out for him. Come on. Right. And you know what he has produced in the past, and you don't, you can't really, you can't just assume just off of, based off of OTAs of like, this is what he's going to produce this year. He's also such a veteran at this point that it's like, I don't care what he does in training camp. Right. Practice. Like, show me something on the field. That's really all I care about. Like, you know, the, the younger guys, you're like, okay, what's he doing in practice? Right. Like, you're actually like learning something from him. I know what Deshaun's capable of. I know what I saw last year. Which one are you giving me? Right. He's, and I would need to see it on a football field under the lights with fans. He's proven to be a top five quarterback at his best. Yeah. There's no denying that. And I think the only reason why I say look out for his name is mainly because the franchise does depend on it. Yeah. Oh, like 100% you should be looking out for news about him. But yes. Again. More of just the general of just like, you know, how's he doing with the teammates? You know, is, you know, making some completions, building some chemistry, just basic information. His name should be on the radar every single week. No matter what. Hopefully for the next four years, yes. but especially this year. Yep. Um, so basically, I'm just going to say like a one liner for each of these guys. Look for just how he adjusts. That's basically it. Yeah. Um, the second guy I want to talk on, Elijah Moore. Uh, again, we recently traded uh, to the Browns from the Jets this March. We were looking for that wide receiver too for the longest time, and we think we finally got that. Um, he is a guy where you've been missing speed for the longest time in that room, and you finally have it. You know, this might be the missing piece of the puzzle kind of thing. I think it's it. He's how is he going to adjust? You know, is he going to be that guy and step into that role of wide receiver too? And this is a guy where I have to find myself kind of pumping the brakes on him because I am really high on Elijah Moore. Oh, me too. I think he's going to be really good, but also he did fall out of favor at New York. Like there, there might be something behind that, and right? You, we just have to wait and kind of you know see how it pans out. So I think OTAs are actually a really good spot. Also, a guy that's really really young. Yes. Like he said two years in the league and neither of those years full years. Drafted in twenty twenty. Yeah. So he's one year. Actually twenty twenty one, my bad. Sorry. Correction. Yep. All good. But we are uh yeah, that's he's he's you gotta look out for him. Like again, high hopes, but also he fell out of favor in New York. I think he's a guy that your eyes should be kind of peeled on. Like there should be a little bit of worry with him. And I think right now we're all kind of in like the blind optimism spot. Mainly because we're trying to put him into a role that's going to have a lot of implications moving forward. I think that's why it's going to be a major person to look out for during this time. Yeah, and like He's a major guy to look out for, again, both positive and negative, because it could yeah. swing either way. Mm-hmm. Like This could go bad. Yeah, There's no like guarantee that this is good. Like Outside of Cleveland, I have friends who are not Browns fans, plenty of them who are just not from here. Uh, nobody's that high on this trade. Like, No. Like, everybody outside of here is like, guys, it's Elijah Moore. Like, he couldn't even start for the Jets last year. Like, he wasn't even getting snaps. And, you know, we're here like, Elijah Moore was an animal when he was playing. Like, right. It, th- again, 
I'm still high on him. I think he's good. I think it was not a good situation he was put to in New York, and he's going to succeed, but we shouldn't be thinking of that as a guarantee here. Yeah, and I think I think partly why I was so high on him right now is mainly because he I was high on him coming out of the draft. As well. Yeah, so, I was in the same boat. Right. So my one-liner was it was basically just, like I said, look for him to slide into that wide receiver two role. Um, Siakiki, another name. We we already said some stuff, um, but he's the rookie out of Baylor, defensive tackle. Um, very raw, very raw right now, but his ceiling's very high. And I think that he could develop into something in years to come, but it's not going to be right now. And I think what we're going to have to more look at of how is he kind of working with the coaches is he showing some flashes that show a potential starter in the future kind of thing? Yeah, he, he's the guy that I'd look for when you're talking about snap counts. This D-tackle spot going to be one to look at. He could play a little bit this year. I don't think he should, but yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. Again, you said it, raw, high potential. I'm excited for him, just not a, sure if I'm excited for him this year. Yeah. Um my one-liner was that, I don't know, I, I didn't tell you that I was going to do this, but I was just like, yeah, why not? Um, I think my my one-liner of look out for is look for his progress and start to form a baseline of what we're going to get from him in this year and then from years to come. I think that's what we're going to have to do with Ika right now and not really put a heavy emphasis on like, okay, he needs to fill that spot like right now. It's another reason I don't love the hype coming around him. Like the pressure is going to be on him, especially if a guy goes down or if Perry on, you know, yes, if something happens, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And I would hate to see that stunt his growth. Right. Another name, uh, Jakeem Grant. I he's coming off an Achilles tear. There were some rumbles about him getting, you know, some good playing time last year, but then again, like, he goes down. Because he's a speed guy. He was the speed guy that we got that we got. He was supposed to kind of take the top off the defense a little bit. Not like heavily, because I don't think he's gonna really excel as a wide receiver in that sense. But I mean, he's gonna be a very good kick returner and a punt returner. And then he wasn't there this year or this past year. So it's kinda be with the wide receiving room panning out right now and, you know, you have some speed already there, you know, what's going to happen with him? He's he's on the cusp. Yeah. And I'm a guy who's behind you, Keem Grant. You sign him for a reason. You sign him to a three-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Again, goes down with the Achilles tear. Very unfortunate. But I think if nothing else, he makes it as a kicker punt returner. Like, yeah. he's a very good return guy which is something that we do not have at the moment, and he fills that need. Plus, he's not a bad wide receiver. Like, You're not terrible by any sense. I, I don't I'm think just he's saying, amazing. No, I'm yeah. with you. He's not an amazing wide receiver, but he's not terrible. Like, If somebody went down and he had to slot in, like we'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing is what I'm worried about is Achilles tears are like the kryptonite to football players. And so I'm a little worried about if he lost his burst. And if that's so, we're going to have to look for how he comes back. There we go. Way to put in my one-liner there and blow it. <laughs> um, 
And in the same boat, I think Anthony Walker's another guy they are going to have to look out for in the sense of how is he how is he going to come back from an injury? He tore his quad last year. Um, kind of showed that this linebacker room is not the the best, especially when he goes down. You know, you don't really have that much. You have JOK. They're not deep. They're they're not deep at all. So it, I think you're kind of a little bit worried right now because. I mean, at least it's not an Achilles tear where it's not too major. But, I mean, it, no injury should be taken lightly in that sense, especially a torn quad. Yeah, I mean, this is a serious injury. The one thing, I don't think I'm that worried for Anthony Walker. One, big Walker fan, as soon as we signed him, I was completely behind it. Two, what he brings isn't necessarily, like, the most athletic linebacker in the league, right? Like. He brings a heavy veteran presence. He's a leader in the linebacker room. And he's decent in coverage. Like, he was one of the better coverage backers that we had. He's just all around. Like, he's he's a moderate guy who's a good leader, which you don't lose leadership when you get an injury, right? So that's my main thing. Like, the linebackers, once again, have a vet to look up to who can know a defense and get everybody into the right spot. Yeah, I think the— the thing that I like about Anthony Walker that I think is going to be a really good scheme fit for us is he's very good in coverage. Yep. And like you said before, you know, it's heavy emphasis on the quarterback, uh, uh, not the quarterback, the, the front four getting after the quarterback. And then once you see that the linebackers are going to be a little bit more of like coverage in that sense, it goes to show you that he will have a prominent role in this defense. So I, I am, especially one with the depth, two being him being a leader, and three just having a good coverage guy, it's going to be some implications in that. So that's another one where it's just like, look for how he comes back and if he does still play with that same burst that he has. Um, because he's going to he's gonna play an important role in this defense. Yeah, he is. And again, just going back to that leadership part, it's it's a young linebacker room. Like, they need somebody to look up to and hold them accountable at some point. And again, you have Jim Schwartz and your entire defensive coaching staff. I'm not saying that, but he's a guy that leads by example. Like, is he going to make every play? No. Is he a good linebacker? Yes. And is he pretty much always going to be in the right spot? That's the most important thing, and the answer is yes. Yeah. Like, you're going to be able to look back, and he can break it down and film with coaches and be like, no, like we need to be doing this. And not a coach, but a player to put you on that level is a different aspect. Like, it's different when your teammate can look at you and be like, no, 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 like we need to do this, and it's not a coach. Yeah, I agree. And with that, those were kind of the guys that you we want you guys to look out for during OTAs um, to go over it, recap. Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore, Siaka Iki, um, Jakeem Grant, and Anthony Walker. Now, I have to ask, do you have guys that you don't think we should be really paying attention to that much that could get some media hype out of nowhere? Do you have a couple? I have I have a couple. Hey, you can rattle them off first. Go All ahead. right. My first one that I'm going to go with right now is Cedric Tillman. I think part of it, why I'm saying, like, don't buy into this hype right now is because right now your wide receiving, your starting wide receivers are pretty solidified. I don't think that he's going to be out there overtaking – DPJ's role right now. I think it's potentially maybe next year because you don't want to go and pay DPJ $12 million, which I've seen yeah. that rumor. I, I wouldn't want to pay him that much. Nice voice crack there. Wow. 
Um, but Take no, it back to middle school, yeah, baby. There we go. Yeah, I thought I thought I got it over with that, but no, apparently not. But I think that you're going to probably see some just because he just got drafted. Our wide receiving room is not the greatest. So you're probably going to see a guy where it's just like, oh, well, he's stepping up out of nowhere, you know, and he's, he's starting to blow up a little bit. So I wouldn't, and especially too, because he can't, comes from Tennessee, you know, prominent role in that offense. They played really well last year. So I, I think you're going to start to hear a lot of rumbles about him. And again, I already saw a clip of him catching a pass, and so it, it's starting. But don't don't pay attention to that one. Really, it's it's not going to be anything, in my opinion. I don't know. I just don't really. Yeah, no. I mean, I see it. I think he could have rolled this team at some point, but I think the hype is going to outweigh the impact for sure. And a guy like him, I mean, it's just going to be how it's going to go, kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's a a guy necessarily that I got another one shoots out to me of like not pay attention to. I mean, we kind of talked on it like. Don't blow up over DeJuan Jones. Yeah. kind of like my guy, but go ahead. You want another one? Yeah, go for it. I'll say it. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why we – we already know what he's capable of. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to have a fourth-year, like, jump out of nowhere, in my opinion. I, I just – I don't know – I don't get with this team our obsession with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, seriously, like, any other team, he'd be wide receiver four or three, easily. I mean, it's also what he is here now, right? But the thing is, yeah, he's, he's we don't know yet, though. Well, assuming Elijah, assuming Moore, Elijah right. Moore takes that wide receiver two role. But we've had this obsession where we just try to put him in that wide receiver two role for the longest time, and it's just, it's, it, it didn't work out. He's a, He was a six-round pick for a reason. Granted, there are all, there's guys... All around the league, I'm pretty sure Tyree Kill was fifth round. Yeah, Cooper Cup's undrafted. Undra- like, no, he's it was sixth round. Sixth round, yeah, pretty sure. He might You're be probably undrafted. right. Go I don't ahead. know, but anyways, it's it's guys like that where it's just like they were drafted in a re- like at that point for a reason. He was really raw coming out of college, and he still is pretty raw in my opinion. What what are you shaking your head about? Uh, did he did you find? Oh, we're just absolutely morons. Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's drafted in the third round. But go ahead. Third round. I knew he he wasn't, but he wasn't getting that much hype because apparently he wasn't. I don't think he was that like a, a good. He played in the slot. One yeah. of those. Yeah. The, the emergence of the slot right now kind of really, and like how they force feed it now made him more relevant. In yeah, my God. I'm, I'm a moron, but we can. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm a moron too. But anywho, I just think that he was there for a reason. He was drafted there for a reason. I just don't think that. I don't know. People are going to – I've already seen the rumbles of, like, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is still going to be the two. And I'm like, no. We've done this. We've beaten ourselves to death with this one. We've tried so hard We've to put him in this role. He would be a, a good three, perfect four, you know? But I just – I don't see it with them. You're going to – you ask him to take the top off the defense – and he just he doesn't have the speed for it. He's a good deep threat, but he's not a guy where it's just like he's gonna blow by secondaries. And I, I'm I'm higher on Donovan Peoples Jones than you are, and I we've kind of talked about right. this in the past. Like I like I think as a wide receiver three, he's one of the 
better wide receiver threes in the league. Like I'm yeah, talking no, like top I, five, I top agree. ten. Like, but when you put put him in this role of like trying to be a two, like when you think of a wide receiver two, I mean like in the low end, like I, I think of like a like a Christian Kirk now. Not not a low end actually. Yeah, I don't know. But like I when I when I think of a end. wide receiver two, I think of guys like Christian Kirk though. Yeah, I, I agree that there's there's a spot where wide receiver two is becoming more important to have yes double damage in your wide and receiver. And that was room. mainly because of the Bengals. Yeah. I mean they, they did it with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and they've shown that like giving your quarterback so many weapons that it, it helps a ton. Granted, Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the leagues right now, but still it I mean it it, it still has implica- implications on it. Yeah. So I, I just I think that if you you're gonna hear him all this stuff about like okay maybe he takes another he maybe he does take that step maybe he goes out there and you know playing out wide he can he can do it you know just don't buy into it in my opinion don't not a guy to buy into that hype yeah I think if we're taking like massive leaps in in the media saying DPJ is like having the best camp ever like yeah pump the brakes right but. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a narrative either. I don't know that that's... You, I just, I feel like people have created that narrative a little bit already because I've I've seen stuff where it's like, oh, okay, who's who's the wide receiver to now? Elijah Moore or Donovan Peoples-Jones? And I'm like, I would 10 times out of 10 take Elijah Moore to be the wide receiver two on our team over Donovan Peoples-Jones. Because I trust myself and I trust my scouting ability in knowing that Elijah Moore coming out of college was better than Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I know the system would fit better for Elijah Moore. Yeah, I think it's a fair question to pose in the media, though. I don't think yeah. it's that crazy. Like, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that, but like... like Elijah Moore was basically wide receiver four in New York by the time he fell out of But like, I think that's... That, I'm saying that's why the question's being posed. Like, yeah. DPJ was wide receiver two here last year, and you're getting an unproven guy, basically. Like, I, again, I, I liked him. I think he's done a lot, and I think he'll step into the wide receiver two role, but... I'm just saying, in terms of like his pro- lack of production, yeah, is like something. The, it, it's a reason to pose the question. Like it should create a little buzz of like, is Elijah Moore going to be good? I, I think it's a fair question. Yeah, and and you know, I, well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on this one. I don't know. I just think that again, I think the question's less of Donovan People Jones. Is he a solidified, incredible wide receiver too, and more of is the the question being posed there is is Elijah Moore going to make the step? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'll I'll give you that one at least. But overall, two guys that I think that you should not really pay too much attention to: Cedric Tillman, Donovan Peoples Jones. That's that's, that's that. Um, so if you don't have anyone, we'll go into our Friday draft. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You, I got first pick last time, so I guess uh, uh, obvi- I have to explain first. I did mention it earlier in the show, but we're doing the worst NFL storylines ever coming out of preseason. Did you you did preseason right? Uh, I believe all of mine are preseason. Okay, yes. it's so because I mean it fits perfect with us because you know buying the hype and coming out of nowhere like you know it's just stuff that was blown out of proportion by the media why not have fun with it jake take it over first yeah. pick let's go first pick baby da, 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 da. i love do, this do, do, do. there you go oh, with the first pick now um yeah. 
I'm taking this one simply because I know it's on your list and there's no way around it. I don't even think this is the worst storyline, but like it's recency biased and Oh, you I know exactly so what you're gonna do it. Like the, it's such a bad take that blew up for like no reason and out of context. And that was just a couple years ago in uh reference to Jamar Chase <sighs> saying that he was struggling Shit. to catch the NFL ball due to the striping and that he was gonna struggle coming into the season. And then he blows up, and he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, just as everyone thought he was originally going to be. And I believe that came out of, like, pro football talks, or at least that's the one Jamar responded to. Yeah. And, well, it was because Jamar said that. That's the thing. Well, he never said it was harder to catch. He said it was harder to see, but he right. wasn't having a problem catching the ball. That was never a true thing. See, I was going to make that my first pick, too, mainly because I bought into it from a fantasy perspective. I did, too. I, I, I slacked on Jamar when I know I shouldn't have. And I was like, oh, my God. And I took T. Higgins over him. And, like, don't get me wrong. T. Higgins still really good football player and in fantasy, too. I take T. Higgins all the time. But the thing is, like, I was like, oh, my God. This That was my first ever taste of, like, don't, don't buy in the media. Yeah, it was like, wow, I'm an idiot. Like, why yeah. would I believe that kind of thing? Yeah. So, dang. Took that Again, one. Again, I don't even think that's. It, it, it's my top pick, not because I think it's the worst take ever, just because I knew you had it. Like, I, right. I, I played block. Like, I, I literally played defense with my 1 1. You're a dick. That's what you are. Hey, you know. Yeah. You got to do it. I'm out yeah, here to win the draft. Okay. So here's my pick, right? This this one's. I, I'm going to take a little shot at you. <laughs> this, is the, this is the storyline. Ready? Let's hear it. New Cleveland coach says Justin. Gabriel, uh, Justin Gilbert, I Justin Gilbert right, yeah. has been sensational. Yeah, that's bad. So <laughs> nothing about Justin Gilbert is sensational. I mean, I don't know, and should have ever been sensational. I, he wanted a clean slate. That's that was what the the story was kind of based around was this idea of like he's coming into Cleveland with a new slate out of Oklahoma State. And, you know, he, he did have a little bit of um, off-field concerns at the time, too. That was that was why they're saying a clean slate. But then the quote goes from Hugh Jackson, our, our guy. So he says, I can't talk about what's going on here in the past with him. I know it's well-documented, but that's not the young man that I've seen, that I've met since here and talked to and have exchanges with. He's been sensational. He's done everything we've asked him to do the way we've asked him to do it. Another case of taking the quote out of context a little bit, but it's still the fact that he said he's been sensational. Like, no, he hasn't. No, he has not in any sense been sensational. He's literally listened to simple direction. Yes. That's what happened in there, and... Yeah, terrible storyline. And, and again, these are worse storylines. Like these, most of these are taking clips out of context and writers making them more than they are. So. Right. Uh, the next one, actually, not an example of that though. This is actually directly from an anonymous AFC scout, and it was regarding Aaron Rodgers very early in his career. Okay. Um, it was simply that Aaron Rodgers is a system quarterback. He is a Joey Harrington and Kyle Buller clone. Oh, I love that comp. That perfect. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Joey Harrington, right? Like, definitely not one of the most right. talented arms that we've ever seen to no. ever grace a football field. I 
<laughs> that is downer. Like, Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented quarterback ever. That was just a whiff. Like, best? No. I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback ever, but talented? Like, I, he's probably his, my top. His arm, his arm action has changed the way people throw the football. Yeah. And that's meant, like, early in his career especially, like, and even now kind of, like, he's mobile. Yeah. He can like, move he can a little move. bit. Yeah. He gets out of the pocket and does damage. Yeah. Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is elite, and you just compared him to Joey Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. The whiff. That's all I got to say. No. No, actually, woof. That's all I got to <laughs> say. That is a woof. So, I'm debating this next one. Kind of all over the place by this. I know what my last one's going to be. I know you won't take it, but... Okay. Um... Got Gilbert. Do, 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 yeah, do, yeah, no kidding. Do, do, do. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm gonna do it because he's been like, he will. No, he he sucked in that XFL. <laughs> oh, here boy. it is. That's scary. Elway. Oh, I okay. Here it is. Yeah. Lynch will be re- ready sooner than people think. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Well, Paxton Lynch was ready for one thing, and that was to be cut in every football league ever known to America. Like this guy's been cut from. And, and more than America, actually. Yeah. What, the NFL, CFL, XFL, USFL? I think he's been yeah. cut in every, or benched, not cut, benched in every single At one. At least, yeah. Um, I don't know. The quote was, is it going to happen tomorrow? Probably not, but you never know when it can be happen. When it can happen. Why did I say that like that? That's what John Elway told KDSP AM on Friday per Pro Football Sports. That was obviously back when this article came out. Um, we think he's going to be ready quicker than a lot of people think. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, the the truth of it was that he was uh, he was never ready. I mean, he he still isn't ready. No, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that I trust Paxton Lynch to put his socks on the right feet. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it was. I, Coming out of college, though, I mean, six foot seven, two forty six. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. like he's he's looked good coming out, but like, the, dude, he I wasn't keep, ready. Like, right. I keep looking at art like into this article is from uh, Mark Selzer from uh, NFL dot com. The one line says, "It's no surprise he's drawn comparisons from scouts to Marcus Mariota, Cam Newton, and Ben Roethlisberger." Well. Uh, Marcus Mariota didn't even have that great of a career. Obviously, yeah. this is before, like, Mariota was probably still a starter when this was written. But, like, he didn't live up even close to any of those guys, even mm-hmm. Mariota. Elway went on to say, he's a young guy with a tr- with tremendous athletic ability. He's got a strong arm, can make throws, he's smart, and he's a guy that could fit into our offense really well. <clears throat> womp, womp. Yeah, just not good. Um, so, I guess now I have my uh, my round three, my final pick here, just doing three rounds. And I'm between two, and I think I know where I'm going to go here just because it's going to be a shot that I want to take at a guy. Uh, but I'll, I'll give an honorable mention because I'm assuming this isn't going to be yours either, uh, assuming that your take has nothing to do with J.J. Watt. No. Okay. So, the my honorable mention is going to be Chris Baldwin. Had had come out after Watt was drafted. I remember this yep. one. And he says, Texans will rule, rue the night 
they took pizza boy J.J. Watt over Nick Fairley. I, I don't think the, the Texans. Uh, no, I, I don't, don't think, think they rude that night. Um, but, that, again, just an honorable mention. I mean, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. But instead, I'm going to go with a, a little Mel Kuyper, little Mel Kuyper action. Mel Kuyper literally has made an entire career off of guessing what picks teams will make and then being wrong by pick eight, and that's his entire career, and he gets paid to do that. Um, and he said back in 2010 that he promises to retire if Jimmy Clausen isn't a successful NFL quarterback by 2018. Okay, re- retire then. Uh, yeah, it's Mel Kuyper is now three years past his guaranteed retirement. Yeah. So, uh, Mel, bud, the time's up. Yeah. Where are you at, bud? Where Get out are of here. you at? Yeah, no, I, that, that was such a horrible take by him. Jimmy Clausen, dude, I don't know if Jimmy Clausen started an NFL game. No, I don't. I don't know. Nor do I. Like that. That's care? Just, yeah, I mean that is downright bad. Uh, I guess he he did start. He he's played in twenty one games. He started a total of fourteen, and he was one in thirteen as a quarterback. Yeah, that's that's not ideal. And by the way, ten of those starts in his first year. So yeah, yeah, not not ideal. Uh, ten starts, three touchdowns to nine interceptions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't think that's successful. Nope. Sorry, Mel. Mm. We'll smell you. Smell you later. Yeah. Okay, I have two. I'll do an honorable mention. I'll do a couple honorable mentions because this article that I found was funny. Let's hear it. Because there were so many whiffs in 2016. So, <laughs> the first one... <laughs> Ron Rivera says wide receiver Devin Funches is light years ahead of where he was as a rookie. Men of one of Rivera's OTA standouts. And Devin Funches just not it at all. Devin Funches didn't have a good NFL year. No. No, never. Another one. <laughs> Michael Crabtree says gunslinger Derek Carr reminds him of Brett Favre. No. No. I don't I don't see it. I, I mean, I mean, maybe end a career, Brett Favre, where he was just throwing picks, right? Right. <laughs> but the, I think the one that I have to end with was again. This one kind of like got taken out of context in a sense. Hey, we love those. But it's our boy Trent Richardson. Classic. And I, I had a feeling you were going to go here with this too. I mean, I we, we have to talk about it. So basically, what happened was. Trent Richardson, he, I mean, journeyman at this point, he's with the Ravens, and a reporter asks him, what, I think it was, the the question was itself, um, current midst of the, he was asked how he hopes his NFL career will eventually pan out. And he, you have again. We Trend. talked about podium. We we talk about podium talk because if you say something, it's going to take it out of narrative, out of context. Not going to be good. He goes putting on a yellow jacket. So the media just ate him up for that one. This and then everyone going out there. You can put saying, on a yellow jacket, man. Yeah. A construction jacket. Yeah. That's about where he belongs. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And so everyone was blowed up saying, like, the 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 line itself was, Trent Richardson wants to end his career with a Hall of Fame pin. And Twitter 
had a firestorm with it. Yeah, no shocker there. Dude was on like his fourth team already. I mean, I just I that's one of those things where it's just like the like the media will take whatever and just run with it. And that's what they did right there. I <laughs> It's not even like that bad of an answer either. Like No, it's you, not. You, but like, I mean, you, you asked the guy know. where he wanted his career to end and like wh- who is it going to tell you that they want to be a Hall of Famer? It's like but, but like, like you also just don't say that, right? right. Like, it's like if like Baker Mayfield said that. Yeah, like you're like you think are you delusional? That, right. Would you think like the same like you would think the same thing. You'd just be like, "Really, dude? You you are on your third team now." Fourth. Fourth, fourth actually. Yeah, fourth. yeah, I forgot he went to the Rams for a second. I I don't know. I just think that like when you're in that spot and you're trying to revitalize your career, like yeah, you, you like you said, you go podium talk. You're like, I'm not worried about what my career is going to look like. I just want to you know provide for this team this right. season. Like that's a good answer. Spot on answer. Yeah, but no, no. I want to go into the Hall of Fame after yeah. being a bust. Flash me that gold jacket, baby. <laughs> yeah. So to sum it up, basically. All my storylines, Justin Gilbert looks sensational. That just sounds funny saying that. It, do, it doesn't feel right. Um, Paxton Lynch will be ready sooner than people think. And then to wrap it up, our good buddy Trent Richardson wants to end his career with a Hall of Fame bid. Yep, and I got uh, Jamar uh, Chase can't catch an NFL football. Aaron Rodgers is a system quarterback and just a Joey Harrington clone. And Mel Kuyper said he would retire in 2018 if Jimmy Clausen was not a successful NFL quarterback. Which he is yet to do. He is still on ESPN doing the draft. So. Yeah. So that'll wrap it up for us. Um, I know well, the last episode we mentioned like, oh yeah, like we're going to, we'll do this and stuff like that in the next episode. We don't know what we're going to do for the next episode. It's Wednesday right now and we... We're a week out. Yeah, we're a week out. We're a week out. Hopefully something uh, something interesting pops up. If not, I mean, when in doubt, you can always trust the guards to be playing ball. Yeah. So I, that'll come up probably some point next week. I think soon. Be on the lookout for an interview. Yeah, for Another sure. Another one. Because I think we, we, we've been in talks with a couple of people and trying to hop into, hop into something like that. But yeah, anything else you want to say? Um, No, not really. Just that I absolutely handed it to you in this draft but that's okay. about it yeah that's cute um <laughs> yeah i mean other than that go guards right yeah Maybe. go guards i mean hopefully Cry. i mean yeah yeah no that's bad that'll be next week's rant don't worry yeah they well they will be back again. because we're filming this on wednesday yeah so tuesday last night the they uh, lost again yeah the 23rd a four to two loss where you get another good uh, outing out of Logan T. Allen and nothing. So yeah, that's your that's your boy there, Logan T. Allen. Logan T. Allen's one of my guys. I like him, and yeah. uh, the offense doesn't get behind him. So yeah, put a loss in the column for him. Oh well. All right, we'll save those takes for later then. Thank you guys for watching. As always, um, as always, I'd like to put us on the end of that, preferably. Uh, follow us on all social media. On Twitter, we are MBTT Pod. And then on Instagram, I think it's Mistake by the Take, just yep. straight up. Straight up Mistake by the Take. And then you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're obviously already know. So just subscribe to us on that too. Anything else? Good? No, I think that wraps it up. All right, cool. Thanks again. Uh, uh, keep on the lookout. 
Yep, we'll next see you Wednesday. next Wednesday, next episode. Perfect.